And it's illegal to treat cancer with any other modality except for chemotherapy. So you have no say, even though chemotherapy is known to cause cancer itself. Radiation itself is carcinogenic, which turns non-cancerous cells into cancerous cells. And why? Because follow the money. Rockefeller in 1913 actually founded the American Cancer Society. So it's it's he monopolized that industry too. The average cost of cancer is over $100,000 per treatment. Welcome once again to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast. My name is J-Man, and I'm very happy to have this guest on this platform. She's a health and wellness coach. She specializes in plant medicine and holistic health. It's Tanya, the herbalist. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, you've been on my social media for quite some time on my on my Facebook, because we're Facebook friends. Maybe you're aware of that, <laughs> yes. right? Uh, you have a, a massive following on a couple of social medias. I really enjoy your TikTok. You speak a lot of truth. And here's some of the things that I'd like to cover that I've already heard you speak on, which would be fear-based medicine, uh, the cancer lie, very interesting stuff, uh, our health system as a whole, and the Save Our Supplement campaign, uh, something that's mm -hmm. happening right now with Health Canada. So I just want to start with what got you into holistic healing? Is there a moment in time that everything shifted for you? Oh, yeah. So it actually started when my mom was on her deathbed. My mom was uh, really sick. She was on a bunch of narcotics, oxys, and everything you could think of. And it got to the point where she was no longer coherent. She couldn't have, she's barely able to have a conversation. She's like not, you know, having fluent conversations and words and in and out of consciousness. And I literally went through a breaking point. I was grieving my mom while she was physically still alive. And I started to see the damage behind, you know, pharma pills and what this is doing to the body. And the more side effects she had, the more pills that they were giving her. And so <clears throat> when I went through my breaking point, I took time off work. I sat by nature. I literally learned meditation for the first time ever, just trying to get out of my head and into the moment. And I don't know if it was like, you know, being in nature for like seven days straight and just trying to meditate that it's like nature spoke to me. And I had like an aha moment where I was like, there must be something natural that I can do for her. There must be something. And I remember driving to my very first bookstore and grabbing a medicinal herb book and just pen to paper old school and just reading whatever I can for the nervous system to try to think, see if there's something that I can create for her naturally. And I was just mind boggled with the amount of information that I was learning. And so I obviously went and learned with all this excitement that I had to my mom who was like, let me be your guinea pig. I've got nothing to lose. And so I started to make her concoctions and elixirs and all this stuff. And she started to be like, okay, wow, that's helping my pain. That seems to be helping my pain more than the oxys are. And this is helping with that. And so she eventually got off all of her narcotics, which the doctors are like, it's impossible. You've been on it. Synthetic heroin for a decade. There's no way you can just get off of it. Well, she didn't just get off of it. Obviously there's withdrawals and she went through a process, but the point is she got off of it. She was talking again, laughing again, getting out, living again. And I just went down that rabbit hole and I eventually found out that herbalism was a thing. I didn't even know that herbology was a thing. And yeah, I, I took a course, I got licensed, I, the rest became history. Right. And what would you say is the number one problem with today's healthcare system as a whole? The pill for an ill mentality. Okay. You know, they, they never get to the root cause. They just mask symptoms and symptoms are typically the body telling you that there's something wrong and is trying to find balance and homeostasis in the body where the conventional system is just going to give you a pill versus 
hey, let's talk about your diet. Let's talk about the toxins in your home. Let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about your stress levels. Let's talk about the things you're ingesting. Let's talk about the things that you're putting on in and through your body and all of that stuff. They never get to the root cause, which typically when you do get to the root cause is when you actually see like health long-term. Right. So we're talking about big pharma. Big pharma. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get into big pharma. So. Gotta love them. <laughs> one Got of the things. Pockets, right? It is very deep pockets, uh, corrupt pockets. Um, often right. it's the people that are starting the fire that are also bringing the hose. Uh, we okay. saw that. Problem with, reaction solution. Right. With Oxycontin, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, now, when it comes to the establishment and big pharma, there's a lot of claims and kickbacks. Uh, and okay. you have a great TikTok on this that kind of really rounds it out. For people that just don't know, and it's not to say that, listen, Modern medicine is a thing. We can do some amazing, amazing things with modern right. medicine. It's not like, yeah. And it's not like we're taking technology and saying like, bah, we don't need any of this. Uh, but right. in regards to big farm and the people that we are trusting with our bodies, our children's bodies, what's going on there in the background that a lot of people maybe just aren't aware of? Well, I think the biggest thing is to know at what point did the transition happen, right? Because mm. it's been just over you know, a hundred years that the pharma company took over what was medicine, right? So what happened was, you know, homeopathy, herbalism, natural medicine was the original form of medicine. That's what people know as it. Um, but then none other than John D. Rockefeller literally took over the medical system. So if anyone obviously who might or might not know him, um, he controlled the petroleum. He owned the petroleum in his industry. And in, in, Switzerland, they had created the very first synthetic vitamin C that was artificially synthesized. And obviously, John D. Rockefeller saw that as an opportunity and started to make vitamins and medications that could be developed from his petroleum product. And he saw the chance to control, monopolize that industry. So what did he do? He started to go in and he took over the businesses. He patented it. He owned and sold it for high profits. He took over the medical system, the school system. He literally... Um, removed traditional medicine completely from schools. They made sure to monopolize it, launching smear campaigns against the competitors. They were no longer able to teach traditional medicine in schools. Doctors were being jailed and fined and, and defamed for, for doing that. And then it became a pill for an ill mentality. So now in the medical system, which we know very well, you cannot teach any other way but allopathic medicine. And if you want to be licensed, if you want to do all that stuff, which they also came up with the licensing dynamic so that if you're not following our rules, we take away your license. And if you're going to be a doctor without a license, then it's illegal. And there you go. We could throw you in jail or charge you. And so he had, you know, big grants that were given to all of this. And he completely dismantled the previous, you know, system that we had and, and developed that. So this started in like late 1800s, early 1900s. And that's why you saw that big transition from big pharma, where they were just donating to the medical schools and to the licensing bureaus and all of this and, and literally formulated an entire new system to make it so that it was, really very hard and almost illegal for a doctor to practice natural medicine. Even naturopathic doctors are able to talk to an extent, but they're not allowed to talk about vaccines. They're not allowed to talk about certain things. And they also hold a license. And if they don't follow the rules, they're going to lose that license. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about the big names, let's say like a Johnson and Johnson and a Pfizer and the doctors that are giving out these medicines that maybe just don't know any better, haven't done the research, et cetera. And the massive, the massive lawsuits that are happening 
as mm-hmm. well as like the the kickbacks that doctors get for prescribing these pills, these needles, whatever it might be. Yeah, so I always say like doctors should literally have to wear pins of who's who's sponsoring them, paying them. But they actually get they get paid, they get kickback, kickbacks, one hundred percent. They get certain bonuses, so much so that I still very much remember when my son was four months old and I was going for his well visits, which is totally just vaccine visits. Um, when I took him to that appointment, I still remember I had refused to get him vaccinated at that time, and maybe by the grace of God. You know, the doctor left the room. I'm putting my son into his car seat and getting him all ready. And she actually came back livid. And she's like, just so you know, because he's not getting vaccinated, I don't get my bonus, which means, and I was like, wait, 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 what does that mean? And she's like, well, that just means like only for as well visits you can come. And I'm like, but walk-ins, you don't want me to? She's like, well, it's just, I'm not getting paid for it. And I was like, interesting. Don't worry, I won't be back. And you better believe I never went back. But the fact that people have even tried to be like, there's no way. And I was like, well, you can sit here and deny it. It came from her mouth to my ears. There was no in-between person. She said it to me. And I'm thinking that it was by the grace of God. She has no idea who I was, what I was about or anything like that for her to share that knowledge with me. So they absolutely, not just big pharma giving them incentives for pills that they're prescribing, but they have to have about 60%, I believe even more than that, more than 60% of their patients have to be vaccinated in order to get their bonuses as well. And they're hefty bonuses, right? Which is why they push it so much when you're going to these you know, meetings and why they pushed COVID vaccines so much and all of this stuff. So it's no surprise. They're 100%, they're paid for. They make it seem like, oh, it's free healthcare, for example, here in Canada, because we're paying for it. No, they're, they're made money. And when they're taking trips and their bonuses and all of that stuff, is 100% big pharma coming in. They spend more on salespeople per year by 10, 10x more, if not more than that, than they ever would on scientists that are actually testing their products. And so how much of this do you see as being fear-based medicine? How much of this medicine out there is actually individuals that want to help other people? And then how much of it is you have a problem, you need to be fixed, and this pill is going to be the answer. Like on Saturday Night Live, you know, they have those skits where there's some new medicine and they give you a whole bunch of ridiculous side effects that could potentially happen from them. And we all laugh. And yet we see this on TV, whether it be like Cialis or whatever, like yeah. real commercials where they're my like, you might hemorrhage. Your, your brain may pour out of your ear. Uh, you may right. suffer heart attacks, erectile dysfunction. And then we're like, oh boy. And then at the end, it's like, there's people like, you know, and throughout the entire commercial, people are jumping around and they're high-fiving, they're hugging their loved ones. Like it's so backwards. Like, how did this happen? I think the worst thing is, is the fact that there's no informed consent. They'll tell you to Mm. take this pill, but we'll never tell you, Hey, by the way, these could be the side effects of you taking the pills so that you can make a decision of like, would I rather stop this, help this one problem and have have all these new problems or potentially try to deal with it in some other manner. Um, I think like, like you had said, you know, the conventional system has its place in its time, primarily for emergencies and things like that. Absolutely. It has its place in its time. My son cut his head open and you better believe I wasn't going to sit there and try and glue his head, you know, when it's like gushing out in blood. Yeah. I took him to the hospital, but when it comes to like, Oh, I'm having issues. I need to go see the neurologist or the gynecologist and get referred to X, Y, Z to be able to get to the root cause when it's primarily lifestyle based and they they scare you into thinking if you don't do this you can die if you don't remove this body part you can die and it's like do you understand that every body part needs to be intact for a reason you don't just remove it and it's like if I can't figure it out I'd rather remove it and like 
tonsils, for example, is one of the biggest frauds and, and removing tonsils is one of the worst things that people do because tonsils are the first line of defense. Tonsils are literally your body's vaccine. When you get sick, it reaches your tonsils, whether it's to your nose or your mouth or your hands or whatever. And it tells your body which antibodies to start producing to be able to fight it. And what do they do as kids? Oh, you've got swollen tonsils. we got to remove them. Like things like that, which really inhibits the immune system. So the medical system is really there to almost scare you that it could be dangerous, but really they don't know any better. Like you said, most doctors don't actually know. They went and studied for eight years, know nothing about nutrition, know nothing even about vaccines, know nothing about any of the stuff except for a massive pharmacopoeia book that tells you what the symptoms are and what pill you need to prescribe for it. Right. And what else would be something common, like the removal of tonsils that a lot of people just kind of go the through it's the regular the gallbladder. rigmarole gallbladder okay removing the gallbladder is awful usually gallbladder is just diet related mm -hmm. you know like you're eating fried food you're eating processed food you're eating foods that your body doesn't know how to break down and digest so it's causing you pains those pains are symptoms and your body communicating to you that something is not right something is off something needs to be fixed you need to detox you need to remove toxins in your home what detergent are you using what dish soap are you using let's talk about you know, all of these chemicals and you're using pine soul, which is known to cause seizures in animals and all these different things that people are just so overloaded with toxins and then have a toxic diet and then wonder why they have these symptoms. And then they go and take a pill that actually hits their liver even more, which causes them liver toxicity and all this stuff. So the ripple effect just happens. Your body's in a toxic overload and all of these symptoms surface and make you so sick. Right. And there's there's no money in like the holistic cure or just the removal of toxins opposed to let's just get that out of you and make tens of thousands of dollars for the procedure is what you're saying. You cannot patent what comes from nature, right? right. You can't. So, for example, when people are like, oh, what helps with like headaches and stuff like that? I'm like, white willow bark. That's literally what aspirin is derived from. That's what they derive aspirin from. So why not just recommend that? Well, because there's no money to be made, but you can be making money off of aspirin. You know, you could be taking Feverfew and lavender, which is amazing for headaches, but go and take Tylenol, which is a leading cause of liver failure. And that's totally okay. You could buy it off the shelf. No problem. Take, give it to your kids. Doctors recommend it to give to your kids. The worst thing ever. That's why kids have such a high liver transplant rate. That's awful. Okay. So let's take this next level, uh, which would be cancer and the cancer lie. And you okay. had mentioned previously in regards to doctors have a protocol that they must follow, and it is illegal for them not to do so. And that is very much the case when it comes to cancer treatments. Maybe you'd like to speak on that. I wish people understood the severity of this because cancer detection is itself, I think, a fraud in the medical system. The detection itself is not accurate, which means how many people are misdiagnosed with cancer or you know, yeah, being told that they have cancer when it's barely cancerous. It's just picking up on things. And it's illegal to treat cancer with any other modality except for chemotherapy. So what a lot of parents don't know, for example, I even work with a naturopathic doctor. She's one of my students in my program who has a child who has leukemia who or had leukemia, didn't want to go the conventional route. And you better be, be believe that children's services came to the door and said, we're taking your child if you don't take this medical route. This is what it's come to. You have no say, even though chemotherapy is known to cause cancer itself. Radiation itself is carcinogenic, which turns non-cancerous cells into cancerous cells, right? There was a UCL study that was done that talked about the radiation waves on the body that actually caused the daughter cell of the mother cell to be activated and became stem cells themselves becoming cancerous. So the exact thing that you're trying to inhibit is creating the very 
thing it, it was intended to prevent. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I was able to, I went into a remission and it didn't come back, but it typically will come back years later, 10 times over and kill them that much faster or people that are dying a brutally, you know, painful death because of it. And it's, it's, it's criminal for a medical practitioner to treat cancer with any other way, but these three modalities and why? Because follow the money. Rockefeller in 1913 actually founded the American Cancer Society. So it's it's he monopolized that industry too. The average cost of cancer is over a hundred thousand dollars per treatment. And so, what would you suggest? I had seen you discussing earlier, um, and I'm going to just take a shot that it might have been Louise Hay because I know that she speaks on a lot of disease being disease mm -hmm. in the body, disease, mm -hmm. and where a lot of it breaks down to how are you aligned physically, spiritually, psychologically, yeah. and that's where these these Ill these illnesses derive from. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, it first comes off to, you know, detoxing the body. I think that's a big one where I had mentioned that there we're living in a society with an overload of toxins from the way that we're eating and living and everything. So it's so important to detox the body first, right? Heavy metal detoxing, you know, uh, charcoal detoxing, all of that stuff to help detox. But you're right. Like we're in, we're in a high paced, stressed environment where no one will talk about meditation or earthing, literally walking outside bare feet and, and earthing with the ground and all of these things that will help bring you balance, finding your your passion, not being stuck in a nine to five job that you hate to go home to eat, like literally living in a box to go home to eat at a box to stare at your box to go to sleep on your box and to go and wake up the next morning and repeat it. This like naturally like inhibits your dopamine, your serotonin, your oxytocin levels from being released naturally, having high cortisol levels, which feeds your body poison. It literally poisons your body, creates inflammation and all of this stuff when all you got to do is live more simply, eat closer to nature, live closer to nature and consume what grows from the ground. Medicinal mushrooms are incredible for cancer. They're actually known to prevent white blood cells from getting too low because if they get too low, you can get sick. Their mushrooms are known to have what's called beta glucons, which are anti-tumor, anti-carcinogenic. They've got healing benefits, but no one talks about this stuff. If you consume that stuff daily while working on your, like you said, mind, body, and, and soul for work where you have like your work and your words are aligned and you feel like you're living with purpose, I don't think we would see cancer. And that's why you see such an increase in cancer and an increase in childhood cancer because what they do is they overstimulate their bodies at such a young age by two months, four months, six months, already injecting them with, with you know, vaccines and, and all of these diseases that they would never get all at the exact same time, let alone make their bodies create these antibodies at such a high rate at such a young age. And then, then you go and feed them formula, which has got no antibodies in it. And then you go and feed them cereal when you feed them all these foods, and then you give them sugar and they're never catching a break. And that's why childhood cancer is so high. And then now you have adult cancers being just as high, if not higher. Mm -hmm. And do you think a lot of this is caused by the foods that we eat? If we were just to change the foods that we eat, how much of a drastic difference do you think that would make on, on the number of cancer cases that we have? I mean, food is a big one, but it's not the only thing. Because I have people, I do consultations, I have people coming to me being like, I exercise, I eat organic, I don't eat sugar, but I'm dealing with all of these sicknesses. Mm -hmm. And then I'll literally get into the lifestyle and say, okay, so same thing. What detergent are you using? Most people have zero idea that the detergent that they're using, if you're using Tide, Gain, Downy, all of these 
common name brands, they are such high carcinogenics and, and the, the ingredients that they carry. And think about it. This is on your skin 365 times a year. You're going to sleep on your sheets that use that. You're coming out of the shower when your pores are open, your skin being your biggest organ, and you're wiping yourself with this material and then putting on fresh clothes with that to seeping through your skin to going and putting on pajamas with a new layer of toxins. So detergent is the number one thing. And most people don't even detox. That's the biggest thing. So it's like one thing to change your food, but if you're not detoxing, then the food that you're eating is, is only going to take so long before your liver and kidney are able to catch up. So it's like important to clean that stuff, right? Remove the toxins. If you eat well, it's good. But to go back to my example, I have people where I'm going through their, their, their toxic and their lifestyle, but then I go to their mindset. I say, okay, so how's your love life? How's your relationship? Do you know how to forgive? Have you turned the page? Do you like your job? Do you hate your job? And a lot of it gets unraveled there where it's like, they're so unhappy. They're staying in a toxic relationship or a toxic job or a toxic household or a toxic, whatever it is. And then they wonder why they're feeling off. Well, because your cortisol levels are constantly running high. You're so misaligned and you're like, you're denying what your body is trying to tell you, which means you can try to be as healthy as you want through your eating and exercising. But if your mind, which is more powerful and feels your, feeds your body more than food itself, is not in the right space, well, then you're never really going to be healthy. Right. So let's say for the person that says, you know what, I've been diagnosed with cancer, and I'm going to try to do this myself. And mm -hmm. Lord knows, I have seen it. I have I heard have of it. it and yeah. people, they get lambasted. I mean, talk about fear-based medicine. There's like the fear mentality of your peers around you that believe that there's only one way and I am not a doctor and I'm not saying do it whichever way I'm just saying I have seen people say that I'm going to do this through the methods in which you are speaking being aligned um I can't tell you how many people I know that have cured stage four cancer and so on just by going that the natural route mm -hmm. at such a higher rate than you'll see with any cancer treatment without the side effects um they have to be ready in terms of a mindset right they can't they can't be living in fear, right? That's the thing is we're in a society that people are like, oh my God, you have to trust the doctor and the expert. They must know better than me. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do that. But it starts with, okay, how can we support the body? Medicinal mushrooms. How can we, you know, remove parasites from the body, which is a big one, like wormwood, garlic, cloves, um, detoxing from heavy metals. How do I support my body? How do I, I got to start earthing. I got to connect with nature more. I start, need to start de-stressing. It's, it's not very difficult, I, I believe, to have your body live in a natural state, especially mindset. That's the thing. And now there seems to be this assault on holistic medicine. There always has been. I mm -hmm. remember many, many years ago when people were talking about home births uh, and things of that nature and how they were being highly, uh, sorry, what's the word that I'm looking for? advised against that people should not be having mm -hmm. their their births at home uh, again saying that you know you need to be in the hospital you need your epidural just in case there's anything wrong when there's more than qualified individuals to do it in 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 your home if need be making everyone fear that if you don't do it this way if you don't do it the hospital's way and anything goes wrong you're, you're, you're the bad guy, everyone's going to die. And you don't want that on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. I always wonder that if we didn't live in this society where it wasn't the I told you so type mentality, and the fear of being judged by others, if anything were to go wrong, how much different today's 
medical society would look and how people would make different choices based on that. So I love that you're talking about that because there are more, more, um, childhood and baby deaths and, and mom deaths as well happen in the hospital than they ever do in home births at a higher rate. Um, and that ties into conventional system. They knew that the only way that they can control what's going on and, and creating more damage to a woman's body and fearing a beautiful concept. Birth is beautiful. God made no mistake. It's beautiful. It's supposed to be such a beautiful moment. But what do they do? They get you in there. They scare you about the pain. They give you an epidural, which, by the way, contains fentanyl. And a lot of people don't realize that it contains fentanyl in the epidural. So this is going right to your baby. Some people try some doctors try to deny that it goes right to the baby. But we all know there's no way something's going right through your bloodstream. That's not going to hit a baby that's living inside of you. And what that does, and then they put in what's called um, Pitocin, which is like a synthetic oxytocin, and your body never goes through the natural birthing transition that's actually supposed to go through, which means you're, you're like, God made no mistake, a woman's, yes, it's painful, but it's supposed to be a beautiful experience where certain parts of birth, different hormones are being released from dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin to help with the pain management naturally to go through the birthing piece and then have like a super high serotonin rush after birth that most women that go through the epidural never experience that cycle. So they're literally starting at birth by having you dependent on the system. Forget like cancer later on in life and all this stuff. It literally starts at birth and they do that purposely at birth. And what do they do? Well, they start injecting them at such a young age, vitamin K shots in the States. You've You've got your hepatitis B, which they're starting here and all this stuff right from the first day of birth. And they wonder why they have such a more high mortality rate. Home births. Yes, they're trying to take that away. Now they've got midwives, which I call medwives that have to be licensed to be able to be with you. If not, it's like, oh, you can't really have a home birth. You need to have a midwife if you want a home birth. But that midwife is licensed as well, has to do the exact same protocols. Like they don't even know how to deliver breech babies right? I'm sure you've heard about it. Breach babies, automatic C-section. C-section is the worst thing a mom can do unless there's an absolute emergency. Most of the time it can be avoided. There's doulas. There's people that actually practice on certain maneuvers to just shift that baby out, even if it's breech successfully, no issues, but they don't want to learn it. They'd rather just treat you like a big object, throw you on the table, do an operation, get that baby out and go on with their day because they get paid for C-sections way more than they would any, any vaginal birth. That's some mind-blowing stuff. And I know once you go down the rabbit hole, it's like you realize yeah. how it's all intercorrelated and, and corrupted. So you're just like, I'd rather have a home birth. I'd rather take care of my own child. I'd rather be in a calm atmosphere and, you know, all of this stuff. And then they don't train you for breastfeeding, which is so important to breast milk for babies. Now it's common to just formula feed because you're tired and it's harder and I'm not producing milk. And it's like, this is, this is your child's health. This is literally detrimental on their health. Um, and then, like you said, it, it almost ties into them trying to regulate what you're able to consume. And I feel like the last three years, especially, they've seen the transition that's happening. They've seen people say, you know, I no longer trust big pharma. I need to start to pivot towards, you know, natural health supplements and, and you know, treating with things naturally like inflammation and even starting cancers. I'm going to take turmeric. I'm going to do my medicinal mushrooms. I'm going to do all this stuff. And they realized that. And they actually realized it a while ago because big pharma started to buy out a lot of the common mainstream um, health supplements. So you have to be due diligent in which health supplements you're using. Um, and that's why they're trying to come out, I believe, with the regulations of, you know, in the next two years here in Canada, they're heavily trying to make it hard for any of the natural health food stores to carry the products. And if they do, it's going to be really expensive and most people won't be able to afford it. 
um, which I believe is also fear-based. They're trying to scare the people. Um, and the one thing that I tell people with regards to that is this is your chance to learn. Like mm -hmm. when I'm talking about herbalism, you walk outside, there's medicine outside, learn this shit, learn it. Don't be scared that they're going to take away your supplements. Supplements are outside every single day all around you. If you're not growing your own food, at least learn about the herbs. And my, my medicinal herb guide, for example, has pictures of it. You can walk outside and you're going to find echinacea, which is amazing for boosting white blood cells and cold and flu season. You walk outside, you see mullein, which is amazing for lung health and, you know, an expectorant to remove mucus in the body. And you see all types of medicine literally growing outside. So learn about that. Don't be scared of them taking away your supplements. Yes, it's going to suck, but you've got medicinal mushrooms and you've got your herbs that are growing abundantly around you that they can't control. Right. And the crazy part is like I'm listening to you talk about these things and I have no idea what those things would look like. I don't know where they're growing. It could be in my front yard and I have absolutely no clue. And I, I believe it goes back, you know, to the educational system that you spoke of to where uh, we do kind of have like this victim mentality or we rely on other people to do the work for us. Like we don't know how to change the brakes on our car. We're not taught how to do our taxes or write a will. Or, or execute a will for that matter. And these are things that we know we're going to encounter as human beings as we mm -hmm. get older. These are the things that we need to do and need to learn uh, that we rely on the experts to do for us. Medicine would be very much the same thing. And so for the person right now that is looking to get off the grid, Lord knows the pandemic, like you said, pushed so many people away from you know mm -hmm. big, big pharma and people are looking to become a little bit more independent what are some of the steps that they can take right now in regards to getting away from those systems that are keeping them captive so there's two things and it's funny funny enough these are the two things that i primarily promote and work around there's there's health and there's wealth right and so in the health aspect exactly like you were saying start learning about these my medicinal herb guide is literally for beginners it's a perfect guide for you to be like okay let me learn about these and let me find it outside you probably got lemon balm in your backyard and stinging nettles and you wouldn't even know it it's usually growing right there and all around you nature made no mistake typically what grows abundantly around you is nature telling you hey you live in my area and my environment you need to consume me so I would start by just learning about that. Picking five plants or 10 plants that you could start to learn about, know what they look like, what it does to the body, and you can start making medicine. There's plantain that grows. Everybody knows what plantain looks like. If I showed you right now, you're like, yeah, yeah I see that stuff all the time. It's on my lawn. Yeah, that's literally nature's, you know, um, afterbite. You get a wasp or a bite or anything like that. You literally crush it up, get the little, you know, juices inside that leaves and stick it on there. And there you go. That's the best thing that you could have done for that. So I would say pick five to 10 herbs that you can start to learn about or mushrooms find it around you in your area just to know that okay I feel that much more empowered if shit were to hit the fan I'm able to support myself and even dandelion dandelion is food every part of it root stem flower leaves you can eat that right from the ground as long as it's not too close to the road or obviously somewhere where dogs could urinate but there's food in in nature even in plants outside of just fruits and vegetables that we know right just to interject isn't it ironic though that we grow up just thinking dandelions are weeds and we need to get them out of our lawn. It's, it's just, it's I crazy. I go crazy when I see springtime coming around and everybody is out there spraying and removing them from the ground. Dandelions and weeds are so incredible that they actually neutralize the soil. So they're so important for the soil while people are removing it and wondering why our soil is, is so deficient in the minerals and what it needs to actually flourish, not just for them, for us, right? Um, 
But that's exactly it. From such a young age, we're made to believe that they're weeds. We don't want them when it's like, no, this is nature's most powerful medicine and food. Okay. And then I believe you're about to go on to number two. Yeah. So the second thing is I'm all about building, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer about building a business around, you know, your story, your experience. So what I've started to do, and I absolutely love it, is I have people that have not just an abundance of knowledge in the health and wellness industry, but a baseline knowledge. They started to want to learn more about it. They've opened up about, okay, never mind. I've had to start removing toxins in my home and doing all that stuff and saying, you know that you can leverage that into like an online business where you could share someone who's two, three, five steps behind you on how to get here and charge for it, making simple eBooks and programs where you could be like, let me walk you through the process. You don't have to be an expert, but you need to learn a little bit about it, be on your own path and show someone who knows nothing about it, how to get started on this journey, right? So some people are not ready for the expert level of intermediate level. Some people are just very beginner that are like, okay, my my medicinal herb book is a perfect example for someone like you who might not know a lot about it. You're going to start there. Someone else will be like, okay, how do I make medicine from this? How do I start making, I make my own salves and cough syrups and lip chaps and, you know, ointments and all of that stuff right at home because you learn about the power of medicine. And so my two things are learn about the power of medicine, but then also find your passion, what you love to talk about in the health and wellness or spirituality or self-sabotaging and limiting beliefs right there's just such a combination it's faith-based whatever it is and literally figure out which i teach to an extent how i can turn that in to a business that i can monetize and work for myself so that i'm never going to be dependent on, on the on the government or corporations ever again right i love that and i i speak on this often when i'm doing my lives on tiktok and speaking to my audiences like listen we had the warning shot of the past three years of the pandemic. And there's some people that, and I don't judge, you did what you had to do to support your family or to support your health. You made the best choice for you. And hooray. <laughs> now, for the person that got that poke and said, I had to because I needed to put food on the table, you have now been given that warning shot. And what have you done in these past three years to this exactly. date to make sure that you never have to roll up your sleeve again if you don't want to, to where right. in case your bodily autonomy is attacked again, that you are on your own, you are independent, and you're bringing along as many people with you to make sure that it doesn't happen to others as well. And so I think that is a wonderful message. I can't believe yeah. how much, oh, go please. I was going to say, not just that, like more than 40% of the jobs are going to be gone because AI is going to replace it. So yeah. it's one thing about the job. It's another thing to be like, you think that you're safe in the corporate world? No, 40% of you guys are going to lose your job. So what are you going to start doing now and cultivating now? And I always say in the online space and why I say that is because real the reality is that's where we're pivoting. And this gives you the true freedom to be like, if I want to stay here or I want to go to another country or do whatever it is, all you need is some Wi-Fi and an internet to be able to run. There's nothing that's more inflation proof you know, uh, autonomy proof, all of this stuff, corporation and government proof, then you working on yourself and developing your business, whether or not you ever think you're going to be an entrepreneur, no one thinks that they're going to be an entrepreneur. I never thought I would be, but it's like, I had other plans to cultivate this base, to be able to homeschool my child, to be able to, you know, or afford to put them in a learning pod or a private school, to be able to travel as much as we wanted to, to have this autonomy you create that. And I did it all while I was working in the corporate field. I was working in the corporate field. So I know that but the reality is at some point I have to be like, no, no, I need to empower myself. If you're constantly putting your power into someone else to pay you and to make you healthy, you, 
it's going to be hard to live independent of the system forever. So those are the two things. How can I create my own money and create more of it? And the best way for me personally to do that is sharing what you already know and what you're passionate about, because then it's no longer work. And then to work on your health and learn as much as you can on how to rehabilitate yourself without putting that power in someone else's hands. Right. Now, it is very rare that I have a guest on the show where <laughs> we cover so much that my head is about <laughs> to explode. Like diarrhea, I know. <laughs> and we we touched on a lot of things and more, and I can't believe we did it in the short amount of time that we did. Now, I know you're on a time crunch because you're a very busy lady. I really do appreciate your time, and I would love to have you back on the show sometime in the future. For sure. All right. Now, if people want to find out more about you, where do they go? Um, I'm 10 of the herbalist.com on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, 10 of the herbalist. So you'll find okay. me. I'm not hard to find. And I'll make sure to put some of those links in the description. Sure. And until next time, thank you, Tanya. I appreciate of course, it. Of course, Jason. Thank you so much. Uh, and for everyone else, you take care, be well, and love simply because you can. See you next time.